Hello, fantasy friends. I'm Scott Cullen, host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball on the Locked On Podcast Network. I've started digging into the position breakdowns, touching on corner infielders in yesterday's show, and today we will go with middle infielders. There are some similarities between this year's class of corner and middle infielders. Let's start at second base, a position which looks like something of a fantasy disaster in 2020. Okay, disaster is too far. How about challenging? There isn't a real star at the position. A few years ago, Jose Altuve would have qualified, but that was when he was running and winning batting titles with more than 600 at-bats. That hasn't happened in the past couple of seasons, and for this season, who knows how many Altuve at-bats are going to end with pitches just a bit inside. So, let's take a look at the second base class. The strange thing about second base is how many players are going to qualify to play elsewhere, and it starts at the top. Jonathan Villar is set to start the season as Miami's center fielder, but he played second base and shortstop in Baltimore last season. Wherever he plays, VR is a fine mix of power and speed. He hit a career-high 24 home runs last season and has 160 stolen bases in the past four seasons, which ranks second only to Billy Hamilton in that time. VR should play a lot and run a lot, which makes him valuable. That he has second base eligibility is really the icing on the cake. Ozzie Albies is a 23-year-old who is already had back-to-back 24 home run seasons, putting up double-digit steals and more than 100 runs scored in both years as well. Uh, He's young enough to have potential for more, and that separates him from the others at the top. Another 23-year-old, Keston Hura, has barely played half a season in the league, and his power potential is exciting. He hit 19 home runs in 57 games at AAA last season before hitting 19 in 84 games for the Brewers. Another second baseman headed for center field, Whit Merrifield, is a late bloomer who didn't even reach the majors until he was 27. In the past two years, he has hit 303 in more than 1,300 at-bats, so he can swing that category in your favor. But he's also stolen 65 bases and scored 193 runs. Merrifield's base-stealing effectiveness has declined, and that downward trend may just be where he is now, but he's still a reliable offensive performer. It says something about second base that these guys are fine, good even, but don't generate the same kind of excitement that can be found from the top options at other positions. And this brings us to Jose Altuve, who had a career-high 31 home runs last season, but finished with a batting average under 300 for the first time since 2013. Of course, the real issue with Altuve is uncertainty about how much of his production was inflated by Houston's trash can strategy. He's also started to miss time with injuries and stole a career-low six bases last season. So this is why now he's a good option as opposed to the clear number one at the position. D.J. LeMahieu was the rare player to leave Coors Field and put up better numbers, as he had a career year for the Yankees in 2019. He's not likely to match last season's 26 home runs, but he's hit over 300 in four of the past five seasons and scored 90 or more runs in four straight. Last year's LeMahieu could be as good as any at this position, but the fair expectation is for some regression. Once we move beyond that group, question marks start to get a little more serious. Kevin Biggio flashed potential as a rookie for the Blue Jays, but he also strikes out a lot. That led to a 234 batting average, and that can be a bit of a downer for a guy who could conceivably be a 2020 threat. Dodgers rookie Gavin Lux is something of a wild card. He hit 347 with 26 home runs at double and triple A before getting promoted late last season. If he plays every day and can mash major league pitching, 22-year-old Lux could be a top-tier second baseman as soon as this year. Moving on, we get to veterans like Cesar Hernandez, Colton Wong, and Starling Castro, kinds of players that can last late in drafts and can adequately fill middle infield spots, but they're not exactly exciting. For late round upside, you could consider someone like Ruth Ned Odor, who has three 30 home run seasons on his resume 
but he's also hit under 210 in two of the past three seasons. He's a classic hit-or-miss candidate. The real value play at second base may be finding players with multi-position values, so guys who aren't necessarily second basemen, really. Uh, Eduardo Escobar, Max Muncie, Kettle Marte, Gleber Torres, Tommy Edmond, Jeff McNeil, Mike Moustakas all have potentially more relative value at second base than their other positions. That sounds depressing, honestly, but that might be the way to address this position. So let's take a break. We'll pick things up on the other side with a look at shortstop, a position full of stars. And we're back. We made it through second base, so let's look at shortstop, where the talent pool runs deeper. Francisco Lindor has three straight seasons with more than 30 home runs, has more than 20 steals in the past two seasons, and at least 99 runs scored in each of the past four seasons. He missed some games last season, but led the majors in plate appearances in 2017 and 2018. Trey Turner may have the highest ceiling of shortstops. He has at least 30 stolen bases in four straight seasons and has hit 19 home runs in each of the past two seasons. But he's also had more than 525 at-bats just once in his career. If he could stay healthy for 600-plus at-bats, Turner would be devastating. But there's some comfort in knowing that he's productive even if he doesn't max out on games played. Rockies shortstop Trevor Story has back-to-back seasons with more than 30 home runs and more than 20 stolen bases while hitting over 290. There's a pretty fair argument to be made for any one of these three shortstops to be the first one off the board, and all three should be gone by early in the second round of most drafts. As great as those three shortstops may be, Padres sophomore Fernando Tatis Jr. has the talent to reign over all of them. In 334 at-bats as a rookie last season, Tatis had 22 home runs, 16 steals, and hit 317. He's not going to have a 410 batting average on balls in play again, but Tatis is a star. Adalberto Mondesi can be a stolen base category buster. He swiped 43 bags in just 102 games last season, while also putting up 39 extra base hits, 58 runs, and 62 RBIs. Now imagine those numbers prorated to like 150 games. He doesn't run a lot, but after hitting 33 home runs and scoring and driving in more than 100 while hitting 309, Xander Bogarts is still a pretty attractive option at short. And it looks like he's about a middle-of-the-pack shortstop in a 12-team fantasy league. The Blue Jays were exceedingly patient with Bo Bichette last season, and almost immediately after he was called up, the question was, what took so long? He had 11 home runs and hit 311 in 46 games. And while he stole just four bases, his minor league track record suggests that he's capable of running more and could possibly be a 2020 guy as soon as this season. Javi Baez settled in at shortstop for the Cubs last season. And even though he got hurt and wasn't quite as dangerous as he was in 2018, he still finished with 29 homers, 85 RBIs, 89 runs, 11 stolen bases, and a 281 average. That'll play. And even though he doesn't run much, Gleber Torres crushed 38 home runs as a 22-year-old last season, driving in 90 and scoring 96 runs. If you can make up the steals somewhere else, Torres's power can make a difference. One of the best things a player can do for your fantasy team is to show up to play. Enter Marcus Semien, who had 1,450 plate appearances in the past two seasons. He had a career-high 33 home runs and 123 runs scored last season, while hitting a career-high 285. So it may be difficult for him to repeat all those numbers, but after 2019, Semyon shouldn't be ignored. Tim Anderson has shown some power and speed potential and was a 2020 player in 2018. He was on his way to another before getting hurt last season when he had 18 home runs, 17 stolen bases, and was hitting a league-leading 335. 
That batting average was fueled by a 399 batting average on balls in play, but Anderson can rack up some numbers if he stays healthy. Health has been the main issue dogging Carlos Correa, and he still managed to hit 21 home runs and 280 at-bats last season. He's had more than 425 at-bats just once in five seasons, and he's not a threat to run, but Correa has the power numbers to be interesting if he can stay healthy for even three-quarters of a season. Beyond that, there are still some veterans who can provide nice value, a group that includes Elvis Andrews, Jorge Polanco, Gene Segura, and even second-year Mets shortstop Ahmed Rosario. It's a position that offers star talent at the top end, and it runs deep, so you can almost assuredly get one quality shortstop and maybe, maybe even a second one to fill that middle infield slot. So, the last two podcasts have taken care of the infield. Tomorrow, we'll hit the outfield as we work our way through the lineup. Don't worry, we'll get to sleepers, breakthrough players, and more, but we're just getting started here. There's lots more to come. Hit me up with your questions. I'm at ByScottCullen on Twitter. The show is at LO underscore Fantasy Baseball on Twitter. And if you want to send an email... Direct it to LockedOnFantasyBaseball at gmail.com. Find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your source for daily fantasy news and analysis.